Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a renowned psychological astrologer, as well as a social and emotional education trainer. She has uh, written over 27 articles. She's been interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, uh, USA Today, and Vogue, just to name a few. And she's going to be on talking about her new book, Use Your Planets Wisely. We're going to be getting into how astrology and the planets affect our psychological states and well-being. It's so interesting. I just started reading this book and I cannot put it down and I'm already sitting there and using the exercises. It's fascinating. I mean, I've been a big believer in astrology since I was a kid. And I know that just, and, and she talks about in her book, it's not enough to just know what sign of the zodiac you're in because there's all the other planets um, that um, contribute to your state of mind. So up next, Dr. Jennifer Freed. Welcome, Dr. Freed. So nice to have you here. Well, I'm excited to be here and see what creative magic we can make together. I love that. You know, and I, and you know what, on your guest appearance form, you had wrote that, that was your motivation. That's your motivation is creative magic, right? Yeah. I'm really excited about magic and I know it's possible. It certainly has happened in my life. And I think it's so intriguing because you are a renowned psychological astrologer, which I've never heard of before. So you integrate obviously the two, right? So why don't we just start? The, and you also are a, a, a social, uh, emotional educator. You've been doing this for the, the past 40 years. We get, get into that part a little later in the interview. But why don't we start off with a psychological astrologer? What does that mean? And how did you get into that? Well, it's basically a combination of being trained in psychology for 20 years and getting my PhD in psychology and practicing as a marriage family therapist for many, many years. And at the same time, I was studying astrology the whole time and getting certified internationally by ESAR, training with incredible mentors, Rick Tarnas, Caroline Casey, I can name more. And the parallel path came together because I realized there's no better way to understand a human being than their astrology chart and the cycles they're in but then as a person who's trained as a therapist, you got to know what to say to people and how to help them once you know with them what's going on. Okay. And that makes total sense to me because I'm just going to say right now, my mom had a chart drawn up when I was, I think when I was a baby. Okay. And it's right here. I pulled it out today because of our interview and it's all handwritten. See that? It's all handwritten. Yeah. And yeah. it starts off with Aries. She says Aries type ruled by planet Mars. Okay. That's right. And, but, but I want to ask you, I, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you because yeah, there's okay. the sun rising and the moon. Yeah. And, all that. and um, so, but I cannot believe how accurate this is. Like from my alert mind and uh, I don't like household chores and I have fits of strife and I just going... But my question right there, I, I might as well say as I, I'm feeling yeah. it. 
so that was written, you know, I'm fi- I just turned 58 in November. So that was then, but according to what I'm reading in your book, that the planets change. So is, is that my, like, that's my initial stamp and then it yes. evolves or, I mean, so, cause, okay, go ahead. Yeah. The birth chart, what that person wrote down beautifully for you. And that's how I was trained too before computers, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. What they wrote down for you is your birth chart, which tells the whole story of possibilities for your whole lifetime. It's like your character imprint. Destiny is up to you. What you choose to do and how you choose to do it is completely free will. So you have a template with many possibilities that are pointed out, lesson plans, if you will. And then it's up to you how you evolve the chart. Now, at the same time, the chart doesn't change, but the planets continue to move in the heavens. And as they move, they create geometric angles to certain parts of your energy system that activate certain lessons. So we continue to have lessons offered to us throughout our lifetime through what's called transits or cycles, but the birth chart never changes. But we all have, which is why, you know, Use Your Planets Wisely is the title of my book. We all have certain imprinted energies, but it's up to us how we use them. Right. Okay. So those are my imprinted energies, right? Yes. But I'm still not, okay, so every month, for example, the, the planets change, right? And we're uh-huh. in the month of, this is, I'm a novice. Go yeah, yeah, you're time. doing a great job. No, the sun is the only one that changes every month. Which one? The sun sign. So right now we're in the sun sign of Aries. So your birthday is coming up or is that your rising sign? Aries, it says Aries type ruled by planet Mars. I, I, but what's my- your birthday? My birthday is November 13th, 1962. Okay. I'm a, so I'm a triple Scorpio. Scorpio. I'm a triple. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is also the old ruler of Scorpio is Mars. This all gets very technical. But here's what I want to say to you. The sun is just one planet in a birth chart. And that's the one that changes every month. Like we go from, oh, now we're in Aries. Then we'll go to Taurus. Then we'll go to Gemini. But there's nine other different planetary energies and they don't all change monthly. So for example, we've been in Neptune in Pisces for 10 years. This is all very technical. I think oh, we should Oh, I know because I, no, I'm, I'm reaching for my notes because I wrote this down. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just going to read them off to everybody. So there's the sun, there's the moon, there's the ascent, yes. Mercury, yes. Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus is every 10 years, okay? Neptune is every 14 years, and Pluto is every 30 years, right? Well, that's not exactly right, whoever wrote that, but that's okay. Oh, I got that. It, it, it's, it's about right. I got, I got that off the site that you recommended. Um, okay, well, Pluto, it's, it's, within a, it's within Pluto changes every 23 to 24 years, and Neptune, yes, you've got it about right. But planets... The outer planets move more slowly and therefore psychologically we work with those energies longer when they come into contact with our personal chart. Okay. Uh, That makes sense. Okay. So let me ask you this. I had this done, right? Right. Do you, people say I've, I just had a reading. I had a reading last year. 
you know, in your book, do you talk about giving readings on yourself? Because I haven't gotten that far yet. Yes. And should it be, how often should it be done? How often should we read this? Well, use your planet wisely is meant to be for you and people close to you. And if you actually work with the book, it's got exercises and examples, you will work with it the rest of your life. All I can tell you is I wrote the book and I'm working with those things in the book the rest of my life because my main contention in the book, which hardly will no other astrologers talk about, is when you're working with an energy, you can be either in the primitive, which is very dysfunctional and reactive. Yes. You can be in the adaptive, which is kind of skillful and you're grooving, or you can be in the evolving when you've really gone beyond yourself and ego and just use that energy to serve. So yes. if you work with my book, you'll be able to identify on a monthly basis, how am I using these energies? You'll be able to diagnose yourself and skillfully move yourself up the scale. So this is where you talk about know thyself, help thyself, help others, help the world, right? So it all starts with knowing yourself, which, you know, we've all been conditioned to think that's selfish, right? Yeah. Do everything for everybody else. So it it really does start there. And then you can, then you can help yourself and help others and help the world. Okay. So would you say, um, Let's say so. Then you also talk about self, the, the the five pillars of social emotional learning are yes. self management, self awareness, self uh, self awareness, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision making. So, can you break that down for us? Yeah. So, um, self management is basically we all have extraordinary feelings coming through us on a regular basis. We've now learned if you can name your feelings, you can tame them, tame them. And it's up to us to regulate our emotions, not somebody else. My anger is my anger. My sadness is my sad. So the whole self-management is what we call emotional granularity, being able to distinguish our feelings, name them and tame them. So we're responsible for what we feel and we know how to use those emotions productively. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Self-awareness is know what your impact is on other people. Know what your patterns are. Know what your habits are. Know what your preferences are. Know what your needs are. When you know all of that and you study it, you're much more able to represent yourself to others and be clear and have more healthy boundaries and relationships. Social awareness is what we're all in right now, astrologically, which is the isms. You know, how socially aware are you of heterosexism, racism, ableism, classism, you name it, go down the isms. Right, right, yeah. And social awareness is that ability to have empathy. You know, it's not like everyone should be like us. We only thrive in diversity. Everything in nature only thrives when it's got biodiversity. Same with us. So we want to actually be part of a very diverse community and make those bridges so that everyone feels part of the community. That's social awareness. Okay, so that that would be like your uniqueness is what you're saying. So like embrace everybody's uniqueness. Is is, is that what yes, their heritage, their ethnicity, right. their gender, their whatever they are, 
we all need each other to be part of this thriving ecology of human beings. We need yes. each other. Yes. So that's, that's that one. Then um, responsible decision-making. Well, that's enormous for social emotional intelligence because many of us have made decisions we regret when we're impulsive, when we're drunk, when we're angry, you name it. So yeah. responsible decision-making yeah. is being able to do that major pause, reflect, contemplate, weigh out the good, bad, and other before you make a decision and make a responsible decision. Yeah. And the last one is healthy relating. And that's all about having relationships that are positive and that build us up instead of tear us down or drain us. So my friend, Jen Buffett says, we're either fountains or drains, be a fountain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. And you know, I had Tim's story on last week and I was asking him the question of what's the difference between your intuition and a trigger, right? Because they, to me, it feels the same, right? I'm going, is this my intuition or is this a trigger? And it's got me in trouble a lot of times because it has been a trigger, but Adding this new dimension that we're talking about, this new level of awareness and going, okay, so maybe one of my planets is over here and it's bringing this more out of me. I think it's all, yeah, that's where the self-awareness is because you know what? We're not all crazy. And you know what? No. (laughs) I feel crazy some of the time because I'm going, why do you do that, Tina? You know better not to do that, you know? And it's funny because I went on what the co, co co-star co-star. I went on there and said problems with you know love relationships, right? And it's like I I yeah that spoke to me, and because I have triggers about that, and 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 feelings of not not feeling safe or not feeling trusting. So I'm thinking maybe or now that I'm reading this, it makes a lot of sense that that could be one of the missing puzzles for, to get me closer to my self-awareness of what's going on. Because yes, I well, know you I'm said a good you're tri- per- Yes, you're a really good person. And triple Scorpio, if I may say so, is one of the most intuitive, passionate, fierce, loving combinations a person could ever have. And that means you're taming a wild tiger of emotion when you get a hit about something. I'm a tiger in a the wild tiger of emotion. I'm a tiger too. I'm a, a yeah. tiger on top of it. You're right. Well, there you go. So what I'm saying is once you know your triple Scorpio and you know what that deeply means, first compassion for self. Wow. I'm like a boiling river of passion and feeling. And the next is simmer it down. Like, Okay, I'm having an intuition. How I know the difference between intuition and activation is an intuition comes very cleanly and I'm not very emotionally charged. It's just like a knowing. But activation is when I'm my heart's pumping, I've got to say something. That was it. That was it. So I was being triggered then. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you don't have intuition as well. It's just that it's never good to act on intuition when you're triggered because your mind is hijacked when we're triggered. It's not thinking clearly. It's in the reptilian brain, which is just fight, flight, or um, fight, 
That's exactly, that's what Tim said. He said, wait 24 hours to see yeah, which is the difference. You can. And you know, okay, talking about that, the fight or flight, because that's what it feels like. It feels like alarm bells are going off. The house is burning down. I've got to get out of here. So that is, so activation. can I, activation. So learning more about myself and the planets than I Okay, so I'm going to go right over here because we were ta- uh, you were talking about when you say when we refuse to look at embrace our rep- reptilian side, it tends to take over. Totally. So let's talk about that. Well, if I don't what, look at what does what that we- mean to most people? Triggers okay, the, reptilian the, side? Yes, that we all have you know, our primitive shadow side, which is the side that we're not proud of, that is infantile and immature and reactive and is not thoughtful and is very desperate. We all have that. And if you don't own that at times, like I was gonna, somebody asked me for another interview if I was fulfilled. And I thought to myself, I'm full and I'm filled, but you give me another moment and I'm a whiny, cranky, needy, clingy baby. Right on. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, people. You know, this whole new age, like, you know, paradigm of perfection and virtue, it's not what the human journey is about. We are flawed and we are perfect. Yes. So the activation piece is easier if you've made friends with your dark little puny side you know it's like i know i'm clingy needy jealous whatever i am at times right so i don't have to defend about it i right. can make fun of it i could be soft with it i can yes. joke with you about it i love that you brought that up because you know what i write about that in my first book too i i call the shadow side i'm, I'm sure I, yeah. I didn't invent that and it's so true because we will love to embrace the things that are socially acceptable that looks great about, but we don't like to, we like to shun that other part of us. And that's the part of us that needs the greatest healing. Yes. Right? So and one of the things, the metaphor is you take a crying needy baby and you put it in a room with no love and light. What's going to happen to that baby? It's going to die louder or die <laughs> with Scorpio. <laughs> it's going to die. It's going to get louder and more insistent and all of that. But if you hold that baby And you just rock that baby and go, honey, I know this is hard and you're hurting and, you know, you're so jealous right now. You could spit out green stew, you know, then, then it actually gets a little quieter and softer, more easy to work with. I just, I really want everybody to hear this, that, you know what, none of us are, and that's one of the things she wrote down there. I'm a perfectionist, right? So nothing's ever good enough. And then I had a father that, that nothing was ever good enough. So that was a double whammy there. So it was in my chart already. And then I had a father that did that, but you know what, I think that we need to go easier on ourselves and me included, because you know what, I don't think that helps beating yourself up and criticizing yourself. It, it just, you know what, we need to lean into ourselves more yeah. and, and, and look into where can we heal those parts that need to be healed instead of shunning them. That's what I'm hearing from you. And a huge piece in the social emotional learning field that we've created some um, exercises for is about repair. All of us are making mistakes unwillingly with our partners, with our friends, you know, you say the wrong thing, or you didn't shut the door right, or you forgot to call them back, whatever, up to cheating and whatever people do. Mm -hmm. The thing that's been missing is there's no way back to integrity. 
There's just shame and shunning. So what we really need to do in order for us to get more evolved is I need to be able to say, hey, Tina, I didn't follow through. How can I make that up to you? Exactly. Hey, Tina, I, I did talk behind your back to your friend and I did call you something and it was a really unskillful moment and I love you. What can I do to make it up to you? Like when we get to that level of integrity, yes. we can be imperfect, but yes. constantly clearing. And not feel in shame to br- drag us down further. I mean, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We're human beings. That's, that's the course of our life. Right. And what you're saying is that as long as you become accountable and you make amends to the situation, then you neutralize it. Yes. And let me give you a quick example. I volunteered to do a um, a a group meeting for the teens this week on spring break for our nonprofit. And it was going to be a Zoom call. And I don't know what happened. This never happens to me. I totally spaced it like I forgot. This was yesterday. So luckily I looked because it's spring break and only one gal had signed up. Well, if I was in a total shame spiral, I would just make up some big excuse, right? Mm -hmm. But instead I immediately reached out to her mother. I reached out to her and I said, hey, I really want to talk to you because it was like an hour later. And, you know, I'm sorry, I missed it. And the girl writes to me, oh, I wrote to you saying I couldn't make it. Ah! See? But you see, I could have lived in like, oh, I just, you know, and tell my colleagues, oh, something happened with Zoom or, you know how people make up stuff because they can't be with it. But here's the thing. If you would have made that up, okay? Yeah. I think lying takes a chip away from you every single time you do it. And I don't care if it's a white lie. I mean, that's why the show is called Transparent with Tina. You know, I was talking to my team. We're talking about branding and stuff like that. And, you know, I overthink things, you know, can you imagine a triple Scorpio? (laughs) And I'm going, well, that's not enough to be a brand. I'm like, I thought to myself, there was a whisper in my ear, God going, yeah, "Yeah, that's enough. That's enough to be a brand, you know? And, and I think once you're transparent and I'm transparent allows other people to be transparent. And the reason that that is like my brand is because that's what keeps me on track with my truth. And that's the number one thing for me. If you can't be truthful with yourself or anybody else, then I think it's a, it's a, just a downward spiral because then it's the shame game. And you've got that emotional intelligence scale, you know, by Abraham Hicks, you've, you've seen that, you know, shame is at the bottom of the scale. There's one to 25. It's at the bottom, right? So let's talk about like ways that, um, well, I want to get into aha, which is what we were just talking about. You know, let's talk about that right now. You've got a nonprofit organization that you've actually brought this into the schools to educate Mm -hmm. teens Let's talk about that. And teachers. So my partner, Randy, and I started it actually 21 years ago, right when the Columbine massacre occurred, because as therapists and mediators, we didn't want to see teens in this area hate themselves or hate anyone else enough to commit violence. It was so clear to us as educators and therapists. So flash forward 21 years later, there's 25 staff. We have an executive director. We, we've served 9,000 teens and teachers during this um, pandemic. And it's all been on Zoom because we couldn't meet, mm-hmm. except for we have a little, little farm project where youth actually go and learn farming in person because they can do it 
far apart. Right. But the entire tra trajectory of this nonprofit is about everyone feeling safe, seen, and celebrated, every single person, and teaching teens and teachers about healthy relationships, about those competencies we spoke of before, self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, responsible decision-making. And we do it in a very playful, very engaged, very relational manner. It's not a lecture ever. It's a discovery process between adults and teens and teachers. And we have an extraordinary culture and great, great feedback. And how are you implementing that through the schools? I mean, is there a way? Well, right now, because of we've been in like health seminars mostly, and we do teacher trainings, but all this year, we've done something called the Heroes Assemblies. And if your listeners are interested, they should contact me at jenniferfreed.com. Okay. We got 120 people, many celebrities and many ordinary heroes to do videos on what a hero mean to me. People like Jeff Bridges, Gwyneth Paltrow, Van Jones, you name it. We got so many people to help us. And then we do an assembly at the school where we have the people share their videos. Yes. And then we break into small groups and work with young people on who's a hero to you? How can you step up for other people? Where do you need somebody to be a hero for you? And we get into these very honest, transparent conversations. And it's with adults, teachers, and teens all talking together. Yes. And people feel so psyched. It's non-partisan. It's non-denominational. It's just about being the best you can be. Exactly. And, you know, I think this is so necessary because, you know, our, our, our children, I have a 17-year-old. They're a reflection of us and what's going on in our world. They're, they're sponges, okay? So this is a way, for example, if you are a parent that you haven't gotten your thing, you know, your shit, sorry, under control, <laughs> this is a safe place where they can go and they can, because it really is all about the self-awareness and, and feeding the self and being a service to others. I mean, every day that I wake up, the, the first thing I say is, God, how can I be of service today? What's the highest and best good of my service? And I think that we've all been taught it backwards. It's like me first, and then maybe I'll help others. And it's like, I tell my clients all the time, don't go through life with a catcher's mitt on. Be the pitcher, right? You give and it will come back to you. And it was all, you know, and so I, I, I think that's amazing. And I would like to talk to you on the side about being part of this, because I've been passionate about helping the teens because in my experience and the experience of many parents that I've talked to, uh, that's a pi very pivotal point. You know, you're going through pu puberty, you're trying oh, to figure yeah. out what it's like. My mom and dad yeah. aren't going to take care of me anymore. It's all these responsibilities. It goes from, you know, what Tim's story is talking about. His book is called The Miracle Mentality. And I write yeah. about it in my book. You know, you go from, oh, you know, I love my life and everything is just miracle. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's like the, the, the reality you know, that comes Whoa. down yeah. and your imagination is lost. And now it's all about responsibility and making money and which is stops people from getting into their purpose because now they're thinking about how can I make money instead of going, where is my purpose? What, what lights me on fire? Right. What, yeah. what is my true calling in this? Well, world? well, I have something to say to that working with thousands of teens forever. If you align your passion with your willingness to work like nobody's business, you'll make it. 
Yeah. What I've noticed is there's been an entitlement feature because a lot of youth have been taken so well care of that they actually think getting to where they want to be should be easy and protected. And I have never met a person, not one person, who had a dream that wasn't willing to work 24-7 for it that didn't get somewhere very wonderful. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? And that's very true. I, I mean, before I had the interview with Tim, I said to my son, um, honey, you know, because we've talked about it. He's graduating early this year and he doesn't want to go to college. And I've always been the type of parent that it's like, I don't care what you do as long as you, it sets you on fire. So yeah. I said, you know, his question, I said, if you, do you have a question that I could ask him? And he says, well, how does somebody like my age find their purpose? Right. Um, so I think a lot of them, I, I, he's not afraid of hard work and he, he did have a job and he was packing his own lunch and he was going there and he's getting there early on time. Not like me, I'm usually 10 minutes late, you know? So I think this will, can give them more of a push into finding their purpose as well. Yes. And here's another myth that we have to debunk right now. We don't only have one purpose. Mm. So it's very important for your son to know and this is somebody, something somebody taught me at 27, saved my freaking life. She didn't say it so nicely, but it was okay. She said, you have so many interests, you'll go nowhere. Pick one, follow it. She was mean about it, but it, it rung true because I have a lot of interests. And she said, you got to go deep. You got to make your groove. And what I would say to your son, with all due respect, pick one. In five years, if you put everything into it, it will either keep you going or you'll find a new one. Yes. It's not about your, you know, everybody's looking for their calling, looking for their purpose as if it's one thing shot by arrows, you know, it's not like that. It's do what motivates you, do what you believe in, work so hard at it, develop a skill. And no matter what, that will lead you to the next door. Exactly. Exactly. So if that is not your calling, it will lead you the next step. I absolutely agree. Absolutely. Yeah. You said disconnection and loneliness is more dangerous than being obese and smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, it's very clear that uh, we are living in one of the most mentally ill periods of human history in North America. Uh, suicide rates are off the roof. Anxiety. Are you just, are you just, are you contributing just COVID or before that? No, even before, but even okay. worse now. Okay. It's worse now. Okay. It was going this direction anyway, but now anxiety, depression, if you just look at the pharmaceuticals and what they're, you know, every now and then I watch TV with commercials. There's not one commercial that isn't about anxiety or depression yeah. or um, Viagra. I mean, you take your pick. But, but, but anyway. Strolling through the park and <laughs> I love that. I always like, I want to take that. <laughs> yeah. But my point is this. Um, we, we actually are suffering this extraordinary loss of human connection. And out of that loss, we've become incredibly anxious. We've become incredibly lonely. We've become incredibly depressed. And all of those things lead to medical problems. Yes. So if you were obese, but had a great community and happy and meaningful work, yeah, you'd have one major problem, but you've got all this oxytocin and support and meaning, et cetera. But if you're anything 
and anxious every night and you're not sleeping and insomnia or you have depression or you, you know, you don't know who loves you. That's worse than dying. Yep. You're living a life of just absolute despair. Yep. And, and okay. So that's a very good point because I was thinking about that when you are feeling that way, do you, I think that's what leads to a lot of destructive behaviors. Oh yeah. Destructive behaviors. I, from what I, like I was thinking about this the other day, I think destructive behaviors are not a willingness to really live. I mean, really kind of what you're saying is, is that right. Or it's a way of punishing ourselves. And I, for me, that that's happened with me. It's like, because I'm a perfectionist. And if I feel like I'm not doing everything correctly or in the right timeline or whatever, and this was pointed out to me years ago, I have ways of punishing myself. So, So, well, I think when we feel worthless and unloved, it also makes sense that we would act like we are worthless and unloved. And what we would say to ourselves is, I don't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what is contributing to all this loneliness? What would you say? Well, I think two things in general. One is our God, if you will, is not a religious figure. It's money and success. Most people are praying for that, not for a spiritual union. And then second, you know, I'm old enough to tell you that it's when we started becoming so digitally connected, but less social. Yes. So, you know, what I've seen, because I've worked with teens all these years, I've worked with the teens when they didn't have the devices and now their ability to connect, empathy, imagination, We've become this just giant machine of passive stimulation. Mm -hmm. And this is not how we were meant to be. We are at least part animal. And you would laugh your ass off if you saw your dog watching TV all day, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because you'd just be going, that doesn't make sense. Well, guess what? Our animals are looking at us going, what the F is wrong? With but you? I got to be honest with you. I wonder, I look at my dog going, what are you thinking about all day? Because he goes like this with his eyes, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, that look. Or yeah. how about how about when you're looking at them, they act like they're not looking at you and they kind of go like that. I never, yeah. I'll never figure that one out. But yeah, I really wonder what goes to through their brain all day. Well, we, we don't have to wonder, but I can tell you this with you know animals and why everyone's gone pet nuts over the pandemic is what they do give all day long is love. Unconditional love. And, and that love comes from being very simple and pure with their instincts. And we have um, dulled our instincts and gone into our minds like a super highway of information. I mean, I never can learn enough on the internet. I just can't get enough information. Mm -hmm. But what's that doing for my soul? Information is not wisdom and it's not soul food. Right. So I'm addicted. You're addicted. You know, we've got problems here. And and I came to that realization, you know, this last year and a half, I feel like, you know, I'm all I'm doing is working. You know, I, I, I coach 40 clients. And then I do this and I do the wow. research for that. And I'm a single mom wow. and I, wow. and I'm, I'm not complaining, but I'm going, my soul is not fulfilled. My soul yeah. longs to be in nature more, my soul, yeah. you know, and, 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 and that needs to be incorporated 
into our daily lives every single day. So where I get it right now is I either hike with my dog or I walk with my dog. So I'm out in nature. That's what makes me feel alive. I need to be. But that's what every human feels alive. Now, there's a difference between being excited in a neurological way, stimulated and alive. Yes. We can get very stimulated by this conversation, by, you know, looking at an amazing movie, but it's not the same as aliveness. And aliveness is only found when our nature is in connection with another or yes. in nature. And, you know, in um, fact, right before I did this, I was outside. My son's, what are you doing? I said, I'm grounding. Come, come ground with me. Exactly. People, if you I want to tell you one more thing that's yeah. very exciting because you're a passionate mother. So the other thing is, uh, aha, is going to do the first ever in California digital cleanse for teens. It's a five-day um, camping, but in luxury camping setting in near Santa Barbara, 20 teens, 12 teachers, and all of us are not going to have any devices for five days and get into soul food, horseback riding, kayaking, riding, singing, you know, the whole thing. Is it already full? No, we haven't even announced it. I just announced it to you. Oh, so, okay. We got to talk after. Yeah. Because I we think my talk. son would love. Where are you? Where 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 do you live? Palm Desert. Three hours. Oh yeah, you're close. Yeah, yeah, I'm close. And you know what? He the one thing I will say, he is on his phone, but every single day he gets out and he goes to the skate park. He's very active. He rides his quad. He's just not happy. In Does he have a girlfriend? He does finally has a girlfriend, and she's so sweet. And um, okay, well, I'm always matchmaking, but I shouldn't. Okay, so I shouldn't. I realize that's not appropriate. All right, so um, wow, you're you're doing some great things, and and I really appreciate your son too. Thank you, thank you, and I appreciate you. So I want to ask you. So I should we through your book, you said we can learn to do a reading on ourselves, correct? Yeah. How often should I be doing a reading on myself? I, if I, you know, if I were you, read the book with your chart. That's what you have to do first. You have I, to get yeah, your chart. I, I got yeah. my chart today. Yeah. Then start reading the book. Okay. And you'll know because this is part of my contention for everyone. We're our own best guides. Mm-hmm. You'll know. Should I be looking at this frequently? Should I talk to my son about it? The book is meant to be a starting point and a return point. You'll okay. know how often. And I just want to read the list, okay, just so everybody kind of gets an idea of all the planets and what they do. Okay. So this, yeah, do it. I had to keep stopping my book today because it's on fast. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So the sun, oh, let's see. Um, no, sorry, that's not it. Where did I? I love your purple glasses. Purple's my favorite color. Is it? Thank you. Yeah. 99 cent store, baby. Well, they really are worth it. Yeah, I know. And I got them in all different. Oh, here we go. Okay. So the sun is your identity. The moon is your personal needs and habits. Mercury is your communication. Mars is your action and force of will. Venus is love and beauty. Uh, Pluto is depth and transformation. Uh, Jupiter is expansion. Saturn is structure and discipline. Uranus is rebellion and innovation. Neptune is uh, dissolving of boundaries and universal consciousness. I didn't get this last one. Kieran, wounded healer. Chiron, Chiron. Chiron, sorry. 
it's okay. No, why would you know? You've never studied this. Chiron <laughs> is the wounded healer. Okay. So Chiron represents the part of each of us that is wounded. There is no one on this earth that hasn't been hurt or wounded. Right. And through that wound, we either grow compassion or contempt. Right. Okay. Perfect. And, and that says a lot right there. I just had to right. stop myself. That says a lot right there. So for those of you that are seeking, okay, and maybe you're not even seeking, maybe you are depressed or you're feeling lonely or you're feeling hopeless, any of those things, okay, you're, you're not alone. And I was, you know, I, I, every, everything is in divine timing. And the fact that I've been going through things and then all of a sudden have you on a guest today, as, as, as a guest on today. And I started reading your book. I'm like, the dots just started connecting. I mean, the universe is always there to help us and guide us, but we have to be attuned to that, you know? And I don't think that there is any coincidence that you're on my show right now because I desperately need this because there are missing pieces for me. I mean, I, I am self-awareness. I do affirmations. I, you know, I do the savers for the miracle morning, which is, you know, uh, meditation, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, uh, reading and journaling. I do all that, but I still there, this I think is the missing piece. So it's the psychology with the astrology. I would recommend anybody to start diving into this, whether you just don't know where to start or you've already kind of like me and you just want to elevate yourself even more. Yeah. It's another tool and you know, another tool. We all came here to be loved. And I think any tool that opens up those gateways is a good tool. And especially if it empowers you instead of enslaves you. So that's what my book is for, for you to feel better about you and have tools. Absolutely. And where, where can we find your book? Anywhere. So you can go Amazon or any, anybody will have it. Use your planets wisely. It's widely available. Okay. And we're going to have all that in the show notes. So any, any hacks, any other takeaways that we haven't already talked about that you'd like our, our listeners and viewers to hear? Well, I would say that the point of your show is kind of the true north for all of us, which is to be transparent. And in order to be transparent, you have to actually know what's inside to share and make friends with what's inside to share so that when you share it, it's a light for others like you do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, can I add to that? You know, even if you don't feel like you're ready to share, do it anyway, because that's just going to propel you. You're going to feel yeah, find a confidant sense, yeah. sense of relief and the shame and guilt. I mean, just once you get it out there, it's out there as opposed yeah. to we hold this in for years and, and it corrodes our soul, our body. I mean, the toll it takes on your physical body. Right. But the, the yeah. minute it, 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 for me, it like keeps me accountable. Right. Yeah. The, my, the truth is my North star and just having this show and, and, and talking to other people and, Let's just all be examples for each other. Let's all share our truth and um, let's elevate everybody. And, and as you say, know thyself, help thyself, help others and help the world. Thank you. It was yes. so good to talk to you. So good to talk to you too. And uh, we're going to have all Jen's information, Dr. Jen, 
uh, Freed's information. And thank you for tuning in today. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's Tina Marks TV. And of course, my podcast is called Transparent with Tina. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to DM me. And until next week, we will see you then.